Hello, this is the Biscuits Buttered Podcast with none other than uh, Victoria Vandenberg. Uh, we are in Charlotte, South Carolina today. We are at a pilot truck stop. Uh, I'm currently looking out all the uh, lot lizards that are running around the parking lot. I don't know what happened here. This used to be like a nice place, and now it's like it's like a shithole now. Like there's just like homeless everywhere there's fucking like buildings that are boarded up there's fucking like tranny lot lizards out in the parking lot trying to get you know 10 bucks for a blow job you know it's fucking insane i I don't know like uh it's weird being a truck driver you go all over the country you see all the stuff that's going on and it's just like what the fuck like why are these cities just going to shit like, it can't all be just, you know, uh, you can't blame it on the blue hairs all the time, right? <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Well, anyway, that's that has nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today. Uh, I'm trying to fit in a podcast uh, today because uh, I'm going to have another busy weekend. I have absolutely no time to even do my hobbies because... Um, I have a ridiculous boyfriend, um, Raul Duke, who I have to drive to Bowling Green to see his family, uh, so he uh, hopefully sees that I'm resourceful and doesn't leave me, because I don't want him to leave me. I love him a great deal. So I'm going to drive him to Bowling Green, Kentucky, so he can go to a birthday party, and um, that's that. That's all that is. That is all there is to it, right? You just got to do, you got to do what your bae says. That's how you keep a relationship. When your bae mildly suggests you do something, you fucking overdo it. You let them know, like, hey, I can get this done. And you just fucking do what they say. Well, anyway, we got lots of things to talk about on the podcast today. That was just one of them, you know. Uh, I guess I'll talk about my life a little bit at first. Um... You know, uh, we're going to Bowling Green. Uh, I'm hoping to actually, you know, every time I go to Bowling Green, I take them up there. I realize there's a fucking national park in Bowling Green or near Bowling Green called uh, Mammoth Cave National Park. And I'm like, we come up here, we literally see your family. I fucking, uh, we might eat at a nice restaurant, you know, might get some Mexican food or Chinese food. Uh, but we never actually do anything that Bowling Green has to offer. And it's like this really nice town that has like a bunch of touristy shit and i'm like maybe we should do some of the touristy shit for once god damn it fuck well anyway maybe we'll actually get there's some kind of cave in a lake everything in kentucky involves a cave i don't what's that about it's either a cave or a horse or bourbon so they have lots of caves they have a national park that's called mammoth cave but then they also have this like tourist attraction which i forget what it was called where you ride around in a boat in a cave and i'm assuming there's a horse involved somewhere drinking bourbon but uh that's what we're gonna be doing maybe if i do something fun i'll inform you of it on the podcast next week um i tried just to speak a little bit about my life last week i had a busy week i tried to teach raul duke how to drive uh it didn't go so well, uh, you know, because he kept, you know, he kept asking me to teach him how to drive. And then the moment 
I like say, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to go up here to the parking lot where they do it at the high school. They have a whole little um, parking lot set up specifically for training people how to drive. It's got the lanes and everything. So I'm like, well, we're going to go up here on a Sunday, and I'm going to um, teach you how to drive. Well, he gets in to the driver's seat, and we drive for like a minute in a parking lot. No one's around. And all of a sudden, I look over, and, you know, he's, you know, doing the typical thing where, you know, you can tell someone's never drive. They're hitting the gas too hard or they're hitting the brake too hard. And I'm like, just relax, just relax, and just, you know, ease on everything. And so I look over, and Raul Duke is profusely sweating. And I'm like, hey, man, what what's going on? Like, what the fuck is going on with you? Why are you profusely sweating? Like, he's just pouring down like he's about to fall, like pass out and i'm like are you nervous and he's like oh no is that a car wreck once oh my god i'm like oh fuck like oh fuck i'm not gonna be able to teach this person how to drive they're too nervous so i, I think i'm literally gonna have to like get ryle duke on some like i don't know Whatever, what is it, SSRIs, whatever helps with anxiety. Because, um, I mean, just after two minutes of driving, he's like freaking the fuck out having like an anxiety attack. So that's, that's what's going on in my life. Is that my boyfriend, uh, I don't know if he's ever going to learn how to drive because he's fucking terrified of it. So I'm going to be driving him around for the foreseeable future so i'm basically going to be a chauffeur for the next however long we live 60 70 years just driving around my cute little guatemalan boyfriend maybe he'll get better maybe maybe he'll get to where he's not so fucking nervous but it's scary it's scary being in the passenger side when he's like you know literally like you could put a bucket under him and he would fill the bucket in a couple minutes terrifying i tell you but that's all that's going on in my life i didn't really have um too much of yeah i didn't really have too busy of a week um we every saturday you know uh he has one of these shitty jobs where he works at like a, a poultry processing uh plant and every once in a while they make him work on saturdays and we went and seen dungeons and dragons um saturday night and I enjoyed the movie, but I was so tired because it was so late that I ended up falling asleep in certain parts. But I still, at the same time, I like, you know, all the different creatures. I like all the weird shit. Uh, Chris Pine's always wonderful. Uh, I highly suggest the movie. But for some reason, if it's like 10 o'clock, I'm like just fucking passing out. So I need to go to earlier movies, I guess, is the... Um, moral of the story but we also went to uh la hacienda the la hacienda uh it's a restaurant i won't even say the area you probably can guess uh it is in florence alabama i'll just say it. it is in florence alabama and i just i didn't very, very, feel very well i don't know what it is about la hacienda and florence alabama they're kind of rude they're kind of cold and Casa is the same. You know, there's another Mexican restaurant called Casa, and they're kind of like, like, what? Why aren't you people nice anymore? 
It's like, I'll, I want good service with a fucking smile like it used to be. You know, like, what, what the fuck is this where I come in and I feel unwelcome in a fucking restaurant? It's like you're running a business. I don't care if you, like, I don't care if you believe it. I don't care if it's sincere. I just don't, like, when I walk into a restaurant, I want to feel welcome and I want to feel like, I, you know, I don't want to have this feeling like I'm burdening someone being there. Oh my God, I'm burdening you with my fucking money that I'm about to fucking hand you. You know, for two people, it costs like 60, 70 bucks to go to a fucking Mexican restaurant. And you would think that I was fucking like the most horrible person on earth because I came into your business and handed you cash. It's like, fuck you. I'll take my business somewhere else. Um, and, and we will next time, goddammit. So that that's one thing that's been getting on my nerves. It's like the quality of service it places, uh, and I tip well, and I you know it kind of pisses me off when I come in somewhere, and I kind of feel like I'm inconveniencing you being there. Okay, that that doesn't work for me. I'm gonna go somewhere else, uh, and literally for the past a uh, couple of years, I've been like, I'll just go to a buffet. That way, I don't have to deal with a server, right? Like, because I'm tired of dealing with servers. And uh, speaking of which, and I wasn't even going to talk about this today, and I don't know whether I actually talked about it on the podcast. This happened uh, several months ago where we went to Longhorn Steakhouse. And I've never seen the pandemonium, the pandelirium, if those are actually correct words, that I seen that day, that I witnessed that day, was insane. We had a waitress that could not, you could tell she's brand new, and God bless her, you know, it's not her fault, it's shitty management's fault. So basically, we seen, in the span of an hour, we seen three waitresses start crying. We seen one waitress slip and fall flat on her fucking face and drop all the drinks and food everywhere. The manager just sat there and stared at her and um, wouldn't help. Nobody would help her. So I had to get out of my seat and go help this fucking poor lady. And then, after she dropped all these drinks, about five, ten minutes passes by, no one cleans up the drinks. So a guy that's at the restaurant eating gets up and starts cleaning the fucking drinks up. And there's this manager there that everyone seems terrified of. And they're like fucking, they don't want to get anywhere near him. And he's just sitting here watching all this. And this is the Longhorn, yes, in Florence, Alabama. I spend a lot of time in Florence, Alabama. And... I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And we're just like, we just got to leave. It triggered us. It triggered us. It was such a toxic, horrible environment that we had to leave. And I'll never forget that day. It was it was worse than 9-11, seeing that girl fall. Seeing that girl fall onto those glasses in cold tea and beer. And she didn't even have the energy to pull herself up out of the fucking tea 
because she was so run down because they were understaffed. They had a shitty manager yelling at them. And I'm telling you, I would rather see the World Trade Center fall ten times over than see this happen again in a restaurant that I'm patronizing. It's horrible what's happened to restaurants in this country. And I, I want us to get back to having good service. I want us to get back to paying people for working. And I want to get back to... You know, I remember... I remember I used to have a friend who would literally tell me that he could make like 500, 600 bucks on a Saturday working at fucking, uh, not Outback, but uh, Red Lobster. And I was like, holy fuck. But it ain't like that anymore. You have people that come in there, they're fucking demanding over every little thing. They're fucking being assholes to people. And then you have management that's like, you're going to work for absolutely nothing and we're going to fucking take your tips and all this shit. It's horrible. And how did I get off on this rant? I don't know. And fucking Burt's Chili's messaging me for some reason. Well, anyway. How did we get to this? Anyway, I'm just tired of shitty service at restaurants. Why am I worked up about it? God, I feel like, I feel like Kid Rock in a beer can. When it comes to restaurants in America. And we'll, we'll talk about Kid Rock later. So this is Biscuits Buttered with none other than Victoria Vandenberg. I'll stop ranting about shitty service at restaurants. And uh, there is more shit that I wanted to talk about with um, with uh, what, I, what all I did last weekend. So uh, me and... Um, well, that's, not, that's really about it. You know, me, me and... Um, Royal Duke went walking and got attacked by giant mosquitoes already. It's it's only April and we're already getting attacked by mosquitoes. But I'll let that be. I shouldn't rant about my personal life or Royal Duke. There's issues to talk about. So this is Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. I'm a beautiful, luscious woman who drives a Mitsubishi Mirage. I smoke Virginia Slims. I go out clubbing every weekend. Uh, I'm a beautiful transgender woman and no one, no one is better than me. All right. You remember that I'm classy. I'm sophisticated. I'm luscious. Uh, I have just picture it. Just picture it. I'm a slim 290 pounds. I have long blonde hair. I have long, two-inch-long fingernails. I have beautiful, luscious eyelashes. And I'm in a short miniskirt with my uh, long uh, Virginia Slim 100 hanging out of my mouth in my beautiful 1993 Mitsubishi Mirage. Just driving around Alabama, driving around the country, really, as a beautiful truck driver. Uh... I live out of truck stops. I live out of a pilot. I live out of a flying J. That this is the life of me. And I sit around listening to podcasts. I watch the news. And that's what made me become a podcaster is because I wanted to talk about the things that I see and hear and do every day. And I wanted to bring that to you every week. And that's what I'm trying to get to is that this is Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. That's what the podcast is about. It's about my everyday experiences as a transgender woman in small town Alabama and 
as a truck driver driving around the country. Uh, I listen, I see, I observe, and I want to express my opinion on the world. And that's what you're going to get here every weekend uh, as I talk about my personal life, as I talk about... um, as I talk about my personal life, as I talk about the news, as I talk about my experiences going to restaurants and and uh, seeing things on YouTube and Spotify and everything else. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to discuss them right here, right here on the podcast. And my truck's getting kind of hot, so I'm going to actually turn down. And as you know, every week I'm going to complain about the heat because I'm just, this girl isn't meant, I don't know how I'm a Southern girl. Because I'm really not meant for the heat. I just, I'm not, I think I should live in a colder environment. I actually applied for a place that was up in Milwaukee and one place in Detroit. Just because I'm like, I just can't deal with it. I need cooler weather because my brain just turns off. Once it gets above 80 degrees, my brain just turns off. It's not necessarily working below 80 degrees, but it's really bad once I get above 80. So... As I said, Biscuits Buttered. I know I am keep introducing the podcast. Biscuits Buttered, Victoria Vonenberg. Hit us up on uh, Facebook, on social media, Biscuits Buttered Profile. Hit us up on uh, Twitter, the, twi- the, the Twitter, uh, Biscuit Butt Pod. Uh, hit us up on Podvine. Hit us up uh, even at Proton Mail if you want to. Send us an email. Nobody ever sends me an email at Biscuits Buttered at Proton.me. So if you want to do that, just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Right? And as I said, this week we're joining you from beautiful uh, Charlotte, uh, where there is uh, just wild shit going on in the parking lot. I mean, just just to fucking go and get some fucking diesel fuel and some DF, uh, I'm sitting there having to fight a fucking uh, lot lizard off of my fucking door like, hey, I didn't invite you to jump up on my fucking truck. Get off the fucking truck. Right? And then I drive around this city and there's fucking homeless people everywhere. They're shipboarded up. And this is not, this is not the America that I envisioned. When Victoria Vandenberg's president, we're going to fix all these things. There's not going to be homeless people on the street. We're going to say, hey, You're not going to fucking throw your trash everywhere. You're not going to fucking set up a tent. You're either going to fucking come over here and stay at the fucking homeless shelter or you're going to fucking go. We'll we'll fucking drive you to a family member's house. We're going to fucking put you somewhere so we can have nice, safe streets, clean streets. Everything can be nice uh, and we don't have to like step on fucking needles you know, when we're fucking out, you know, trying to shop, when I'm trying to buy a pair of fucking Skechers and I'm fucking like, I'm in the Skechers store and I'm stepping on fucking, uh, fucking needles because they let homeless people fucking just do whatever the fuck they want. It's like, no, you need to fucking go, uh, to a fucking like rehab or a homeless shelter you know, like, you know, we, we can help people and just have some fucking rules and sanity at the same time. Okay. I'm not anti-homeless. I'm for helping. Y'all know me. I bitch all day about how shitty America is to poor people and working class people. But there has to be some rules all at the same time, right? You know, you have people that work, um, 
And they, they go in every day. They work their fucking ass off. And all they want is when they're off work, they want to have a nice city to live in, right? And I think it's important that the people who actually do things have nice things when they're off work, right? So, you know, and that's what's wrong with, the, like, a lot of the younger people. and Well, not even the younger people. Everybody. It's an everybody problem. People don't, like, there's certain people who are like, I'm just not going to work. I'm just not going to work. I'm just going to stay home, live off my parents. And we need to get away from that. Because, you know, we need to pay people. We need to incentivize working by, you know, paying people. And we need to get, get shit back in order nowadays. And uh, if someone has mental problems, they need mental health care. If someone is homeless, then we need to find find out what's going on and help them for cross sex. And uh, that that's just my personal take on it. And I promise that I will stop going on this rant every week because I do it every week on here. We're going to talk about the news on here. Oh, somebody's walking up to the thing. So there's uh, a lot of people walking around in the parking lot and there's... Uh, Someone walking up to my uh, truck right now and uh, walking by, trying to be really quiet because I was being very animated and then this weirdo uh, is walking by the truck, probably wondering what I'm talking Yeah, go away, motherfucker, wearing your fucking Oakleys. Fucking truck driver in Oakleys walking by. What is up with like douchebags and Oakley, Oakley sunglasses? Like you could always tell if you're a douchebag if you have a pair of Oakleys, <laughs> right? Like dog, the bounty hunter has a pair of Oakleys. Every fucking stupid truck driver I know has a pair of Oakleys and they'll be out, you know, getting mad over Bud Light beer cans. Okay. So, uh, there's a lot of things I want to get to on the podcast and I can't believe I've ran in for 20 minutes and I hadn't even gotten to anything I've written down. we got to talk about Matt Taibbi who, um, was formerly, you know, a pretty good journalist. And now I think he's kind of a hack. You know, like, there's just certain things he does where, like, you can kind of see, like, there's, like, these really huge, like, blind spots that he has where, you know, like, okay, so he went on, like, MSNBC with this Hassan guy and he got kind of leveled by this Hassan guy because, you know, there are certain things that Matt Taibbi are saying that I'm like, I agree with, right? It is really fucked up that the government was contacting Twitter and uh, basically trying to silence people on Twitter. That, that's fucked up. That's legitimate reporting. That shit should be reported. And any reporter who says otherwise shouldn't, should get their journalistic credentials pulled. Okay. But then you see him, and this is the thing I hate to def- have to defend him because like, I think that his reporting on Twitter is completely um, skewed and kind of biased in its own little way. Like they're like you will never hear him criticize Elon Musk. You will never hear him criticize uh, any of these people. You'll never hear him like talk about you know why did Elon Musk and you know is he helping right wingers? You know I think those are legitimate things to discuss. But then also at the same time I'm like, well, 
it, it's really uh, fucked up that the government was contacting Twitter, getting uh, certain profiles banned and and censoring people. That's obviously great journalism, right? It needs to be done. But then on the other side, I don't feel like Matt Taibbi's coming from an honest place. I've, I've felt this way for years. Like, there are certain things that you can listen to Matt Taibbi on. I think you should be skeptical of uh, the government and the deep state and all these things. But then you kind of see how there's... Like, when he shows up, there's never any criticism. Like, you will never hear him say anything bad about anything Russian. Most shit out of his mouth involving Russia is very just like pro... Might as well be out of the Kremlin's mouth. And then it's just like on this... uh, On this subject, it's kind of like... He's... Like, all his criticisms lately are like strictly for the left and most of his stuff is kind of like purely aligned with um purely aligned with the right wing and there's like it's like why aren't you criticizing the right wing more i never hear him criticize trump i never hear him criticize the right wing i never hear him criticizing elon musk and his intentions with what he's doing with releasing all this information about the government, which I feel like this is a good thing, but Elon Musk is kind of an idiot, you know, and I, I you know, and even in during this interview, if you see this famous, um, where apparently Matt Taibbi was actually reporting facts that were completely wrong on this subject, and this guy calls him out and is like, hey man, will you criticize Elon Musk right now on this, at all for any of this stuff? And because, you know, Elon Musk is sitting here pointing out censorship while at the same time uh, censoring people on his own platform. So he's a complete hypocrite. And the fact that Matt Taibbi couldn't take two seconds and go, yeah, that's fucked up. It just shows you how like far afield he is, you know, but you know, you can't just not everything Matt Taibbi says is wrong, right? There's certain things I think you can listen to him on. But he's definitely lost all credibility with me as like a legit journalist. Like there's times where I'm like, why does he? It's like he has talking. It's almost like he has talking points and he can't get off of his talking points. And I'm just like, that's just kind of weird because you're an independent journalist. You shouldn't have talking points. You know, it's just it's same thing. And I know I've ranted about this before on the podcast. When you talk, when you see, um, like Tulsi Gabbard, she sound. You know, every time she talks, is like this is all pre-planned talking points, and I just can't touch. I just can't take you seriously. And then you have uh, that useful idiots podcast. A lot of the stuff they say, I'm just sitting there like, God, they are so, they've got like rose colored glasses on anytime they talk about Russia. And that's why I'm not going to defend Matt Taibbi. Cause I think that there is, there's a, there's something more going on with, with him. And, uh, you know, I don't want to call anybody, uh, uh, you know, a Russian agent. <laughs> that's, you know, kind of a, uh, an insane thing to say, but 
you know, he did live in Russia for several years. And uh, he does tend to be, like, very pro-Russia. Just just by the things that he doesn't say and is not willing to say. You know, you can kind of, like, you can tell there's, like, the, the problem. Nowadays, it's so hard to tell if someone's being genuine and honest. But you can kind of get a feel that they're not coming from a good place when when you can kind of, like, well, they're not saying this. They're not saying that. They're leaving out a lot. They're only saying this. They don't seem to be able to criticize and step back and look at it from all perspectives. And that's kind of my criticism of Matt Taibbi is I I just don't feel like he's coming from an honest place when they did this Twitter thing. And I feel like he's coming from a, hey, this is going to help the Republicans uh, type of place, even though he's... Without a doubt, I mean, I think he's a leftist, but uh, I think when it comes to his career, he's doing the bidding of Russia and and right-wingers. It just seems that way when you actually get down to fucking hearing him speak and you're just like, well, why wouldn't he criticize Elon Musk? Why wouldn't he criticize Russia? Why wouldn't he criticize the Republicans? It all seems like straightforward, geared towards... Like, hey, let's shit on the Democrats at all times. Let's shit on liberals at all times. So I just, I can't take him seriously. I just can't take him seriously. But we have better things to talk about today than this uh, stupid uh, asshole Matt Taby in his little circle. There's a little circle of people in independent media and in the media that I'm just like, they're suspect. They're very suspect, you know? <laughs> It's kind of like when you see like a Christian news organization, like they only want to talk about certain things. And it's like when Matt Taby shows up, he only wants to talk about certain things. And it's always shit on the left, shit on the left, shit on the left. It's like, okay, okay, guy, we get it. We get it. All right. I watched Pearl the other night. Uh, Burt's Chili came over and we watched Pearl. Now, I don't even know what to say about this movie. Uh this movie is kind of, this T.I. West guy, okay, I just want to say, I don't think X was a good movie. This is another one of T.I. West's movies. I don't think X was a good movie at all. I think it, you know, I watched it. I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't think it was bad. But I didn't think it was like amazing like everybody was trying to make it out to be. It was kind of like just shitty. And uh, I didn't think it was all that great. You know, I think people were just obsessed with it because it was about porn and, you know, uh, they put that wrapper in it and gave him a prosthetic dick and all that. And I think people were just like, oh, this is cool. Let's do this. For some reason, a sports team just pulled up in the parking lot and are walking around. I swear, I'm always interrupted during this podcast. Uh, I need to just start doing this in like an actual studio, just renting a studio and doing it. But I think it would take away from the realness and the rawness of Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. What do y'all think? Y'all should text me or let me know what y'all think, uh, whether I should um, change up the format. Uh, well, anyway, so I seen Infinity Pool by T.I. West. Infinity Pool's amazing. I think it's a masterpiece of horror. It kind of reminded me of like a David Cronenberg movie mixed. With, wait, he didn't do Infinity Pool, did he? I'm getting things confused. Actually, I think Infinity Pool was... Um, am I doing this right? 
I might be getting things mixed up. Well, anyway, Infinity Pool was good whether he did it or not. <laughs> I think he did do it, right? Okay. Uh, we'll have to look. We'll have to fact check that. But it, watch Infinity Pool either way. But Pearl, to me, it was better than X. I did enjoy it. There are really insane scenes uh, that are fucked up. And I love Mia Goth. I love her in anything. But the thing I liked about this movie, um, Pearl, is that they kind of made it feel like a 1950s movie, like with the music and the melodrama and the over-the-top scenes. And, uh, you know, there are some, like, laugh... There are some insane scenes in this movie. And um, I don't want to ruin any of them. You know how I'm a horrible spoiler of movies. I'm trying not to spoil this one for you. Uh, But anyway... Watch Pearl. It's pretty good. It's got Mia Goth, and she's hot right now. Mia Goth's hot right now. She's everywhere. Um, uh, now I got the football players walking by my vehicle. Why don't y'all get away from me, you fuckers? They're kind of hot. Well, anyway. Um, so, Pearl. Pearl, Pearl, Pearl. Uh, it's kind of an insane movie. I think it's based in, like, you know, the... I, well, I guess fifties. I'm not sure. You know, she'll go to the picture show, and you know, she meets all kinds of guys, and she's just kind of crazy, and she doesn't know it. And that's pretty much the whole movie. She's just crazy, and she wants to be a movie star. Don't want to ruin it. If you want to see a lot of like weird, fucked up scenes, where I'm gonna try not to ruin it. I'm gonna try not to reveal anything. There's lots of fucked up shit. If you like fucked up shit, and Victoria Vonnenberg likes fucked up shit, this is the movie to go see. But we've got other things we got to talk about, so um, just go see Pearl with Mia Goth, who's hot. Um, so I started listening to a podcast called "The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling." All right, and I think I just want to go ahead and state it. I think J.K. Rowling has been unfairly maligned as an anti-trans bigot. Um, I think when you look at what she's saying, basically what she's saying, she's not talking about all transgender people. She's not even she's not talking about uh, females who transition to male. She's simply talking about uh, males. Not even males who transition to female. She's talking about males who are going to take advantage. Like, basically, she's talking about prisoners. And she's saying that if you have a system where anyone can identify as trans, um, you're, like, no matter whether they're dressing the way they say they want to be uh that basically like if you were a prisoner and you were like a rapist or a murderer and you just and you were a male prisoner and you said you know what i'm going to identify as female that way they'll uh send me to a female prison where i can cause all kind of ruckus you know that's basically what she's saying she's saying that there are people a small minority of people who are going to abuse some of the things that are being done right now. So you're going to have prisoners like murderers and other people 
and rapists who are going to try to game the system and say that they're going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm a, a female now, so you're going to have to send me to a female prison. And then they'll get to the female prison and rape female prisoners. That's basically what she's saying. And she's even saying like, hey, this is a rare thing. This is not going to, you know, for the most part, trans, you know, she's even saying like, I support trans rights. I support, you know, people uh, identifying and being who they are. But there's these rare, weird situations where there might be problems, right? Like, it's just like with the bathroom issues, which I don't know whether it's overblown or not, but she's saying like, hey, you can literally just be a man, not not even like even try to do an effort and make, you know, to even appear transgender. And then you, you, you can just walk into a women's bathroom. And she's saying from her perspective of being a victim of abuse uh, from her ex-husband and from her, you know, she was a sexual assault victim that there's going to be abuses of this where you're going to have people who, who take advantage and say they're transgender when they're not just so they can get into that women's prison or get into that women's bathroom and cause havoc. Now, I, I have to say I take sympathy with her argument, and here's why. Just hear me out. Don't call me a turf, because everyone calls her a turf and is very mean to her and, you know, basically threatens her. Um, but as a truck driver, I've been to lots of rest stops. <laughs> okay. I've been to lots of rest stops, and um, I've seen weirdos at rest stops who are looking to, like, we were looking for a hookup at a truck stop. I've been to like, there was a truck stop I stopped at outside of Washington, D.C. once. And I went in to this truck stop. All I wanted to do was pee. That's all I wanted to do. There's a fucking weird guy lingering. And he even has a child with him lingering around the urinals. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this guy really looking for a hookup and he's got his kid with him? And I'm like, all I want to do is pee. And I got this weirdo just kind of hanging out. And uh, I'm like, if this motherfucker doesn't leave before I, before I get done peeing, I'm going to fucking say something to this motherfucker. This is fucking weird. And because um, I'm like, you're just kind of lingering around. So then I go into... I try to open one of the stalls. I'm not joking. There is a small Asian man jerking off in the stall. Standing up, jerking off. And I, I freak out. I'm like, oh my God, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, and I, in the moment I didn't even know what to say. Like, I didn't know how to react. So I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And I close the door. And then I go to the next stall. And I'm like, oh, luckily it's empty. So... I pee and then I come out and I look at that guy and I'm like, okay, he's still here. I'm about to say something to him and I keep staring at him and then he just runs out the door. Cause I think he realizes like, you know, Victoria is about to fucking say something. He runs out, gets in his car and leaves. And, uh, I should have gotten his tag cause that was just really fucked up. Uh, but as truck drivers, you kind of, uh, you kind of 
see because we're in all over the place you you see a lot of fucked up shit you know we can actually if you want to ask someone about human trafficking ask a fucking truck driver because we see all the weird shit that people stopping in at truck stops and rest stops and everywhere else people uh traveling and that that's the reason i can kind of i kind of sympathize with jk rowling's um argument here is men do tend to be predators we're wired differently um sexual violence is usually caused by us and there are weirdos that do show up i mean i have millions of stories about rest stops and truck stops where people show up and do weird shit okay um i mean it's just it's creepy there's creep like there's a whole nother like for you people that aren't constantly in a truck driving all over the country there are creepy weird spaces and they usually they usually involve wherever truckers go for some reason <laughs> and that's why i sympathize with this because there are cases where uh male prisoners try to take advantage of the system and say they're transgender to be able to get towards people they can victimize and there are people that show up at public restrooms and do weird shit like that and um you know, I've had lots of cases where I go into bathrooms and, you know, Victoria's not looking for a hookup in a bathroom. I'm not, I'm a classy gay. Okay. I'm a classy gay. I don't do fucking hookups in, uh, rest restrooms and, uh, truck stop bathrooms. Okay. I'm not, not that kind of gal. Okay. And that's why I kind of sympathize with JK Rowling's arguments here. And then you, um, have people that are just constantly accusing her of being a turf, constantly accusing her of violence. It's like, first off, expressing your opinion isn't violence. You have to be allowed to talk openly about subjects. And she's a woman. She's a feminist. And she's just expressing a concern about women. You know, and then she's also expressed opinions about um, trying to change the language to where women are referred to as menstruating people. That's a step too far. I believe, I believe that's a step too far. Having a woman having to refer to herself as, we need to be respectful of one another, okay? That, that's the problem here, is that you're, as like you have the transgender activists who are demanding that we use their language um, and that you have to refer to yourself as cis or you have to refer to yourself as a menstruating woman or a menstruating person instead of just a woman because that would somehow offend them. And so they're having, they're labeling everyone else while simultaneously saying, hey, you've got to refer to me how I tell you to refer to me all while telling everyone else you're going to refer to yourself as I want you to, I want you to use my language to refer to yourself. Right? So a cis man, does a cis man not have a right to say, Hey, I don't like identifying as a cis man. I like just saying I'm a man, right? They don't like using that language. Well, they should have the right to use whatever language they want. Like when you're forcing language on people, I think that's a step too far. 
Uh, but all at the same time, I feel like we should all be respectful of one another and not shit on one another and not get into these little arguments over language and everything else. So I think she's right that women shouldn't have to refer to themselves as menstruating people or a menstruating person. They, they should be able to just say, hey, I'm a woman, right? And you know what? If you're a transgender person, I think you should be able to say, hey, I'm a woman, right? You, both people should have the right to say, hey, we're women. <laughs> you know, should respect one another, right? So I, I, all I'm trying to say is I feel like that she has been, uh, the media has really did a horrible disservice to her and painted her as transphobic. And she's not. She's just not. She's a feminist. Uh, she has concerns about um, public spaces. Uh, I think a lot of people would probably call me a turf, even though uh, I don't identify as a turf. I support trans rights. Uh, I support gay rights. I support LGBTQ people. Um, and I think people should be allowed to live their lives the way they want to live them. And I think they should be able to express themselves the way they want to live. And I think people should respect the way people want to live. Uh, but all at the same time, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have like guidelines and rules for how society works. Um, so I think that it's perfectly reasonable for a woman to be like, Hey, I don't want to be referred to as a menstruating person. <laughs> I think it's perfectly reasonable. You know, just like if a transgender person like myself wants to be uh, referred to as a woman, I think that's perfectly, you should respect it and do whatever. But you got to remember that you can't dictate the way people interact with the world. You can't dictate the way people talk, right? You can't dictate the way people identify. Uh, you have to respect people. So that's the lesson that I want to get to today. And most of this episode is going to be about transgender people. And if you hadn't seen that podcast called The the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, it's by, I believe her name is Megan Phelps. She was, uh, at one time, she's a journalist now, but she was one time in a cult. And she's actually the perfect person to actually do this interview because she was in a cult, the the Westboro Baptist Church cult, and now she's, you know, she left that cult to now be a journalist, and uh, it's a pretty damn good podcast. The first couple episodes are hard to get through, they're like the first two or three episodes, but then the last couple episodes are really good. So I would tell you to definitely give that uh, um, uh, a look, give it a listen. Um. But speaking of, uh, the world's on fire right now. The world is on fire. Everyone's, you know, fucked up and uh, uh, losing their goddamn minds. Um, so, basically, I just wanted to say, as far as, just to go back on the subject to J.K. Rowling, there's a war right now with the, within the LGBT community, and I'm worried I'm worried about the community being torn apart. Um, this happened uh, with the atheists, believe it or not. So the atheist um, organizations 
kind of got really back in, I guess, around 2010 to 2014-ish, the atheist community got really fucked up because all this stuff got in and they, they were always at each other's throats fighting, right? And you kind of seen, you know, after Hitchens died and after all this infighting within all the atheist groups, over stuff like this, over small stuff, small potatoes like this, they kind of got broken up and you don't really hear, there was a, you know, the atheist movement had a moment where it seemed like they were picking up steam and now it, it feels like they've kind of, you know, lost it a little bit. And it's because of exactly like stuff like this. And I worry about the LGBT community getting torn apart and split up, you know, because you have, um, you know, you have gay men who are being shamed because they won't date uh, a transgender man with a vagina. It's like, well, they're gay. They, they like dick, you know, and they feel under attack because the trans, not even trans people, but the trans activist community is like so hateful and bigoted and and just finger pointy and and I shouldn't even call them bigoted. I shouldn't call them names because they that just causes more problems, right? It's not the way to go. Uh, but it, it, they're extremists, and they want you to use their language. They want you to just do what they say. And I think you know, gay men have kind of come under attack. Uh, a lot of people have come under attack, and it's and we've got to watch out. And this is why I'm declaring today. Victoria Vandenberg is going to be the Abraham Lincoln of, of the gay community, of the trans community, the LGBT community. I'm the Lincoln of the LGBT community. And what I mean by that is that I'm going to hold the union together, just like Abraham Lincoln held the union together. He held, you know, the South and the North wanted to split over slavery I'm telling you right now, I'm Lincoln, and Victoria Vandenberg is going to hold this union strong together. The LGBTQ community, we've got to stay together. We've got to stop all this infighting because we're stronger together. We're stronger together. If, if, we, if we start splitting up and doing our own things and arguing over stupid, petty bullshit, you're going to see the right-wingers and the religious right take over again and they're going to fuck up all our rights and we're not going to have anything anymore. So that that's just the lesson that I want everyone to learn. Like, you're going to have, you know, they're already passing anti-trans laws all over the country now in different states. Uh, they would do it if they could at the federal level. Uh, you already have kind of a, a uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, uh, you know, they can't get anything done at the federal level. <laughs> but we've got to hold together and we got to stand firm and we got to fight real oppression. All right. When you're when you're fighting over someone about the language they use rather than the legislation they're passing. That's an issue. You're distracted. You're not focusing on the things that matter. So what you need to do is you need to focus on like, hey, who's in power? Who can pass legislation? Who can really fuck up 
the gay community, the LGBT community, LGBTQ community. So worry about Ron DeSantis in Florida. Worry about all these fucking right-wing Republicans passing stuff. Stop fighting over petty shit. Get unified and get out there and make sure that we have rights and that we fight for them. And I, I'm not even done with this rant because there's so much stupid bullshit in the goddamn news. So, this whole episode, I'm having to talk about shit that I'd rather be talking about movies or food. <laughs> so, and I've been having a laugh at this because Kid Rock's mad. He's worked up. He's worked up. So, Kid Rock the other day got mad that there's a, a gay Bud Light can or something. So he goes out and shoots up a bunch of Bud Light cans. Like, hey, I'm gonna get right. Hey, fucking, fucking drink, but hey, they took my Bud Light. And so, basically, he shot up a bunch of Bud Light cans, and then instantly the internet's like, "Hey, dude, you know, when you first started your career, you were like hanging out with trans people and drag queens and everything else." And of course, you know, he's ignoring all this and uh, he's such an idiot. And there's been so many good memes on the internet of this. And I I don't know whether like with Kid Rock, it seems like he's pandering to like what what he thinks, like the people who listen to his music want to hear. Because I'm like, do you really, are you really that upset about a Bud Light can? But I think he's just retarded now. I think he's done a lot of drugs and he drinks a lot and he's just kind of a little bit, a little bit of a retard. And he's, he's never been a good musician. He's literally like, apparently he came from a very wealthy family in Detroit. And he's just kind of always been a douchebag. And now I'm supposed to hear his opinions on transgender people. So apparently, and I didn't even know who this person is, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney got a custom can with her face on it, and he, he's mad about it that they, you know, um, he's mad about that they put, like, pronouns and they have a pride edition of Bud Light, which I think is just so silly. And this is the type of bullshit we're dealing with here. So I can kind of see why people get to the point where they don't even want to hear the other side because of stupid bullshit like this, but it's just so silly. So people are, and then Travis Tritt added to it. Travis Tritt's like, I ain't serving no Bud Light at my shows. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, really? It's like, you can't even handle a fucking gay Bud Light. So I'm just like, you know, some people are just so toxic. You got to just be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I don't want to hear this shit. I understand um, that sentiment. But sometimes I feel like certain people are unfairly uh, cast aside. But Kid Rock's not one of them. (laughs) He's not one of them. He deserves every bit of criticism he gets because he's a piece of shit. Okay. But the other thing that I don't like, like the valid criticism of Bud Light on this is that they're pandering. You know, they're virtue signaling. They're, they're so, it's kind of like this shallow kind of corporate way of like virtue signaling. Like, look how good we are, right? We've got a 
gay Bud Light can. <laughs> you know, that's my only criticism of Bud Light, really, is like, I, I do think that there's like this weird uh, thing where everyone's wanting to involve corporations and their work and their activism. And they're wanting to get everybody on board and they're actually, you know, asking corporations to fire people and doing all this stuff. I don't agree with all this. I don't think that's the way to go. I think that you should voice your opinion. But as far as trying to get people fired and, you know, trying to get corporations to support certain things, I, I, I'm a believer that corporations just should be soulless entities, which they are, even with their virtue signaling that should really focus on just making a good product and having good services and and the government should come in and force them to pay their workers. That's how I view a corporation. I don't view them as... I don't need Bud Light to pander to me, okay? That's all I'm trying to say. And uh, it's just fucked up. But the world's on fire. You know, Kid Rocky's up there in Nashville, Tennessee. And yesterday, Nashville... Or well, you know the the capital of Tennessee is in Nashville, and they started expelling members from their uh, legislature for having opinions. <laughs> um, apparently, there's this guy named Justin Jones, and there was another guy who got expelled from the legislature. He was a representative. Uh, for uh, advocating for, like, you know, uh, gun reform. And I, I this is some scary shit. Um, this is really scary that a duly elected uh, member of uh, a legislative body is expelled for uh, believing in gun reform. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't even know what to say on that. I mean, that that's, that's fucked up. That's, um, when stuff like that happens, um, you know, I think you're getting to a point where you're like, okay, um, the social contract's kind of getting fucked up a little bit. And so, in those types of situations where you have people being expelled from the, I mean, look, every once in a while, there's a legitimate reason for expelling someone from office, Right. Like, if you're advocating violence, if you're uh, doing illegal things, yeah, you know, like with Trump, I, would, I wouldn't even have questioned him being, uh, if they, you know, did the, whatever the backdoor way is of kicking him out of office, um, if they would have used that to get rid of him, uh, I think it would probably have been necessary in that situation. I, I don't, I don't know if I would have criticized him being, um, like if they did remove him from office, I think that would have been justified because he caused a bunch of violence on Capitol Hill, right? He committed a lot of crimes, right? There, there's reasons, but even then they didn't do that, right? In Washington, but then in Tennessee you have them like trying to like, and then there was another guy, I forget. I want to think it was in South Carolina or North Carolina who actually committed fraud and got into office. Like he had people harvesting, going out and getting ballots from people and telling them like, Hey, I'll take your mail-in ballot and you know, they'd take their mail-in ballot and then like burn it. Uh, and that guy got into office 
uh, fraudulently. So obviously you would kick him out of office, right? Like there are legitimate reasons to expel someone from office. But this yesterday in Tennessee was not a legitimate reason. Just because someone, uh, I think they accused him of not following the rules of decorum. Yeah, punish him for not following the rules of decorum. Uh, but expelling from office, that's a little too much. And that's, we're kind of getting into like a, a dangerous area where you're doing that, where you're expelling people for no good reason at all, other than advocating for gun laws, which I'm not a big advocate of gun laws. I think there can be some good gun laws, like chain of custody laws and making sure people secure their guns and make sure, you know, mentally ill people don't have guns. There's certain things you can do, but I still think that, you know, Within reason, people should be able to allow, be allowed to have guns. But I digress. We're in a bad situation in this country. And it just seems to be getting worse. And then you have Trump, who was indicted, who's running for president. You know that he's he's going to literally ignite fucking riots again. Like we're heading towards a disaster. We've got a fucking guy with dementia as the president. We've got a fucking like predatory kind of like criminal who's heading towards becoming the Republican nominee again. There's a lot of bad things going on. And uh, I think we need to like kind of kind of calm down and listen to each other and try to like simmer down. You got to simmer down a little bit. All right. Um and I guess that's all I'm going to get to on that. I do want to get to, uh, the other day, I heard uh, Larry Summers. Do you remember Larry Summers? He's an economist. I'm going to put that in quotes, economist. And he's one of these economists that, like, he never, like, looks at, like, the actual circumstances on the ground. He just, like, quotes economic theory, like, Oh, you know, inflation's really bad, so we need to raise the interest rates and, you know, put people out of work and all this shit. And it's like, well, the inflation is being caused by corporate greed and, um, you know, gas prices and, and logistics issues. Why not just fix the logistics issues and the supply chain issues? That way the inflation will go down. And not raise the interest rates, which are going to like, you know, make it harder to buy houses, going to make it harder to buy cars, it's going to be harder to spend money. It's going to like gridlock everything and send us into a fucking recession. Well, this asshole who believes that we should do that was on TV the other day. He did an interview and he's, he's like, oh, I'm so concerned. There's a problem with young people. There's a problem with young people. And 1 in 25 die before 40, which is a horrible statistic, right? 1 in 25 people die before 40 because of fentanyl and drug use and and just all kinds of things. And I'm like, Larry Summers, you're on here trying to make it out like you're this like, you know, like thoughtful person. Like you're not. You're just not. You know the reason 1 in 25 people die before 40? is because they have no future. They have absolutely no fucking future because of people like you. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who was in the Clinton administration, did NAFTA, 
sent all our jobs over to sea, started the partnership with China, literally helped China become the huge fucking phenom it is now that's going to eat our fucking lunch in the next 10, 20 years. And this asshole who's not for raising the minimum wage, not for fixing the healthcare system, not for doing anything good for people, is wondering why one in 25 people want to just sit around doing drugs and dying before 40. It's like, there's no point in working. You, you can't get ahead. You can't get ahead in life. I'm supposedly got a good job. And my check's gone as soon as I get it. And I see a lot of other people that are dealing with the same thing. You just can't get ahead. People my age and lower can't afford houses we can't we can't get by and it's because of men the people like larry summers so i just want to mention this fuck you larry summers <laughs> um but again i listened to his interview just because you need to listen to the people you need to listen to people you disagree with but i have a solution and just bear with me hear me out this is the victoria vonnenberg solution to all our problems. Uh, we need to make John Fetterman president. I'll say it again. We need to make John Fetterman president of the United States of America. And you might say to me, Victoria, what the fuck are you talking about? How? Why would we make John Fetterman the giant, the seven foot tall, 500 pound giant from Pennsylvania, the recent stroke victim, the recent crippling depression victim, the president of the United States of America. Why would you? He literally just had to go. Oh, excuse me, I burped. He literally just had to go and get treated for severe depression. Depression. He didn't want to eat. He didn't want to hang out with his family. He didn't want to do anything. He just wanted to fucking sit there, rot, and fucking die because he had crippling depression. He has a stroke. He had a stroke last year. He couldn't even, he can't even like read people's like, he has to have someone write it down for him to actually communicate with people because he can't even read what people are saying. Like, like when people talk, he can't even understand it. He has to like read it on a paper to understand it. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. He's had his troubles. He's most likely not going to live very long because he is a fucking giant. And big people who are 500 pounds, seven foot tall, don't live very long, right? And he's had strokes. He's had major depression where he had to like take a break from the Senate. But just hear me out. You know who else had severe depression? Abraham Lincoln. And he was the greatest president we ever had. We ever had. And it's because of his homosexuality, Lincoln's homosexuality, and his severe depression that he was a great president. Because he didn't care. He didn't care what anybody thought of him. He didn't care about anything going on he just looked at issues and said i'm fucking depressed i'm like robert smith i'm fucking goth i'm like lincoln i'm but i'm goth 
and people don't understand me because I like to sleep on like corn cob beds and I like to, you know, sleep with men on corn cob beds. And I don't give a fuck. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I've ran for president like a hundred times and I finally became president. And he just looks at things in an apathetic way and he goes, you know what? This uh, whole Civil War thing, I don't give a fuck. Uh, you know, I just my honest opinion, I think that uh, we should free the slaves and I think we should stay together as a country. That seems to be the rational choice. I don't give a fuck. I don't, give, I don't care what people think of me. I don't even care if somebody shoots me. We're going to keep the fucking, we're going to keep the fucking union together. We're going to keep the fucking country together while sleeping on corncob beds. And uh, I just have a shitty life. And I'm just going to make decisions based on the facts on the ground. And that's what Lincoln did. And that's what John Fetterman will do. Because he, at the end of the day, he's going to be like, I'm morbidly obese. I'm 500 pounds. I'm seven foot tall. I have a big-titted wife who's very energetic, a little much. A little much. She's a little much. I don't like, you know, she talks a little too much. And I'm going to sit here and be depressed because I had a fucking stroke. I can barely communicate with people. I have crippling depression where I don't even want to fucking talk to my kids. But one thing John Fetterman is. John Fetterman's honest. He's very honest honest and that's one thing i've always respected about him you know he went and did that debate with dr oz when he couldn't even communicate well because he had just had a fucking i mean he looked horrible up there but he just said you know what i'm john fetterman and i think it's important that i show up and then i'm just like honest and he did he showed up he did the debate even though he struggled in the debate he looked horrible people still voted for him because they were like you know we like this guy he just had a fucking stroke. He can't even understand people. He has to have people type it into a little thing that he can look at and then communicate what he's trying to say. And he still won that election because people liked him. And then he gets elected. He wins. And he goes into a crippling depression where he doesn't even want to eat. He just doesn't give a fuck about anything. And then he goes and he does this interview on TV. And it's one of the most honest interviews i've ever seen in my goddamn life with a politician he's just sitting there telling me yeah this is what happened i just i didn't want to eat i didn't want to see my family didn't want to do anything i didn't didn't give a fuck about my life didn't give a fuck about anything had to seek treatment went and spent a couple months with the doctors and now i'm better and i just i've never seen anything like that because every time you see a politician or a celebrity or anybody they're always like you know, they've got these pre-planned stories and talking points that they get on there and say. And and that's why I think John Fetterman can be the cure. John Fetterman needs to run for president because he's just so no-nonsense and honest and depressed. And he just looks at things and says, this is the way the world is. And this is the way I'm going to talk about the world. And I'm going to judge things based on how they're presented to me and how I view it. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that we need someone like this guy. Even though I know there's a lot of problems there. There's a whole lot of problems there. I mean, he's not in good health. He'll probably die in office soon. Probably not. Probably got a couple of months. I don't know. 
I don't know how his health is, but I think he can. We need a lot more people like John Fetterman who just don't care. They just don't care how they're perceived. They just don't care. They just like, hey, I just want to be a good person and be honest and do what I need to do. So I think that we could all, we all need to be more like that. We need to all be more like John Fetterman and we need to run him for president. I don't care if we have to wheel him up there in a wheelchair. I don't care if he literally uses the complete. I don't care if he has to be like Stephen Hawkins and have the little computer to like fucking communicate with everybody. We need to run this man for president, even his corpse, because he'll probably be dead by the time I load this podcast up. But um, I wish y'all a good week. I hope y'all. I love you all. I hope nothing I said pisses you off. I was canceled a couple of weeks ago. Um. But, you know, let me know how y'all are doing. If y'all are having mental health issues, if you disagree with anything I say, just contact me. I'm not very good with the social media. I hadn't checked it much. But if you want to get in contact with me, get in contact with me. You know, we got the Biscuit Butt Pod on Twitter. We got Biscuits Buttered on Facebook. You know, we got the Podvine. We got the Proton Mail. Biscuits Buttered at Proton.me. Uh, let me know what you think. And, um, that's that's the thought of the week that I'm going to leave you with. Is that John Fetterman led by example. He had a shitty life and he tells people, like, yeah, I think my life's shitty. Like, he's just honest. He's just honest and he's authentic and I respect it. And that's what we all need to be as human beings. And I hope that we can respect each other, listen to each other, even when we vehemently disagree and uh, get along. So I love you all. I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, I can't wait to get back out of this town in Charlotte, get back to Alabama so I can pick up Raul Duke and head to Bowling Green, have completely just nasty, fucking sweaty, sticky, fucking hotel gay sex uh, in a Holiday Inn. Uh, I'm just going to like, the whole bed's going to be like, just lube all over it. Just, it's going to be disgusting. It's going to be disgusting. It's not even going to be nice. It's going to be just disgusting. Because that's the way I prefer my sex. Just, I want to feel bad afterwards. When I have sex, I want to just feel horrible afterwards. And that's what I'm going to do this weekend. I'm going to have disgusting sex where I'll Duke. Where I literally, uh... I'm not going to get into the details. You don't want to hear the details. Just know that this Saturday, when you're sitting at your house doing something, just know that Victoria Vonenberg is going to be about four and a half inches deep into a Guatemalan in a shady hotel in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Thank you and have a good night.